Greetings from Pandora. Welcome to A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands, the best Borderlands podcast on the Echo Net. I'm Drew. I'm Jeff. Thanks for joining us today for episode number 16, where today we're going to be talking about cooperative play in the Borderlands series. But first, just a quick reminder that you can always get in contact with us via Twitter at Vault Hunters Pod or through our email, a Vault Hunters Guide at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can watch us record the podcast live on twitch.tv slash a Vault Hunters Guide or watch the video version on YouTube by searching A Vault Hunter's Guide to the Borderlands. It's a lot of stuff. It is. We we are everywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> Including here, which is where we are. Which you don't know where we are, but we're in the same room. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This is going very well. So we thought we thought since that we were in the uh, in the same vicinity for once, instead of literally being like five states away from each other, that we would go ahead and actually uh, do a fun episode about cooperative play and what it means to us in the Borderlands series and uh, how that works. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into that after the news. There's no news. (laughs) (laughs) The news is we're doing listener questions instead. Yeah. So we just decided that would be a little more fun and we appreciate that you guys send those out. but yeah, like I said, we'll try and do a little bit of news and a little bit of viewer questions kind of at the same time. I mean, there is there is big news out of the, uh, like, the 60-day patch came out. Mm-hmm. That's been amazing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, the thing about the timing on this is just that it's, when it comes, since we do this show every two weeks, it seems like all the major news happens, like, a couple of In days after, week. yeah, a couple <laughs> of days after we've, after we've dropped a new episode. Yeah. So everybody's like, we already know. We know all this stuff already. So. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yep. So, anyway, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into viewer questions here. And we're going to start in with one from uh, Frank, who sent this to our Gmail. Uh, Frank asks, since Gearbox has come out saying that they will not add additional DLC characters, which I personally think is a mistake, love for Krieg. Uh, they mentioned that they may add additional skill trees instead. While I would still prefer new characters, how do you think they might do this? Do you think they would just add whole skill trees so everyone has four now? Or what I personally think, have it almost like a prestige system, where if you go so, uh, so far down a specific tree, then you unlock an additional subset for, uh, to really ratchet up your power or abilities. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts and see if you have any other ideas. Love the podcast. Uh, great job and keep it up. So, thank you for the question, first of all, Frank. We really appreciate it. So, um, so yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that right away? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> um, I guess my main thought is, I, I when they said additional skills, I kind of went with additional skill trees. That's where my mind went immediately. But reflecting back on that, it would be... It'd be more difficult to do. Mm-hmm. However, um, it would be out of the two options that Frank presented to me. There would be it would be more rewarding, you know. If I, like if if the other option is just taking what is what is there already and amping it up more, yeah. it doesn't really. I mean, it could provide the p- potential for new builds. But not as much as an entirely new skill tree. I 
I think the I think that's what the idea is is that they're most likely going to go with um, an additional skill tree. But even that I think feels a little bit weird because the reasoning that they gave as to why they weren't going to do uh, any DLC characters is that they say, well, everyone kind of has their main and that's what they stick with. And my thought process is, all right, well, if you wait that long to even put in an additional skill tree for characters, then people are probably going to have their favorite builds already figured out and they're not going to want to mess with them too much anyway. Right. Because how long, so how long is it going to take for people to really get solid builds down with the new skill trees after they come out? And is that going to be too much work for some people who have already gotten a very defined build for themselves? Um... Maybe. I mean, like, some people are... Some people have been doing, like, critical hit flak build from the get-go, you know? And some people are just really in on that. And it's... I, I, I have a hard time relating to what Gearbox said about... Or what specifically Randy said about that anyways, because I do have so many builds going on. Sure. You know, like I'm, I'm working on going through. I want to get to a point to where I can go through with every character and have any any gear that I need to be able to swap up. You know, my build on the fly with the same character. Sure. So I only need so, but I have a Flak and a Mose and an Amara and a Zane. You know, it's just that's how. So I have a hard time relating to what he's saying. Yeah. But. I, yeah, I personally would have liked to have seen them do additional DLC characters. Um, I still think that, I still think it's, uh, obviously it's their property and they can do what they want with it, but I think they're they're missing out on a lot. And and I think at this point everyone's like, all right, look, you guys have done, this is the, this is technically the fourth game, and we'll get into this question here <laughs> around that in a second. So this is the fourth game uh, in the series, um, and at this point... It's it's not like they're not going to find stuff that they, they they have to recycle at this point. They're, they're going to have to like recycle a little bit. And I'm okay with that. You know? Yeah, because you remember when you and I went through and we were trying to do an episode where we made up new, new DLC Vault Hunters for... Uh, OG Borderlands. We we tried coming up with this episode, folks, and it and it was we had to scrap it at least or at least put it on the back burner for now because it's it's tough without coming up with something that hasn't already been done. And at the same time, I'm kind of okay with that. And then, like you look at Sirens, everyone's not like, oh, this Siren just does elemental stuff. It's like this sucks. We've had this for two games already. It's like nobody says that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now I, I the idea of a prestige system I think is interesting. But I think that it also kind of bars it from the more casual people if you don't, you know, because it's like, all right, you got to do all this just to even get to the next skill tree and everything like that. I feel that would be a little bit weird. Like some people are having a hard enough time even getting all the way through the um, through the through the guardian perks. Yes. So and I feel like that, that would just be an additional thing on top of it. it's like what now in order to do this, I got to go. And max my character out, and then get all my perks, and then get all, and then have a prestige system. I just, I just think it'd be a little bit ridiculous. So I think of of those ideas, I think my favorite is still having, um, is still having an additional skill tree. But uh, I think I, I would like, I, I, me personally, I would still like to see DLC characters. Yeah, I agree with I would I agree with that. But since they've said that they're not, I think that the system that they have set up like if they if they do additional skill trees I personally think that that would be the best way to go because it's <clears throat> it's interesting enough to where the um the the 
people who are super into it. I couldn't think of the word there. Um, but the people who are just mega fans and are yeah. um, really deep into Borderlands have... Like the diehard players. Yeah, yeah, there we go. You've got They've still got something to do, but it's still accessible by new players, which is that balance that they've got to strike as a developer. Sure, you know? sure absolutely. So either way, great question. Um, so yeah, keep them coming in that way. Uh, Drew, do you want to take this next one? Yeah, so this is from George. This came to us uh, via Twitter. This is a question for the pod. Did y'all play the pre-sequel? I think I heard you mention it once. I know it got mixed reviews, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoughts? Opinions? Thanks? And so (laughs) we have both played the pre-sequel. Yep. We've played it all the way through. Yep. Um... Here, here, here's the thing. <laughs> well, Drew's trying to find his words. No, no, no. I've, I've got. I just let me throw it out there. It's, okay. it's, it's very. It's popular to shit all over the pre sequel, and part of us really enjoys playing into that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like he's not wrong about that. Like, it's funny. You know, it's like. I don't know, it's almost like, I hate to use this word, but it's almost like a meme for us. It's like, oh, the pre-sequel, that, that, that garbage sucks. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, so if you, so George, if you go back and listen to our previous episodes, like if you go back and listen from the beginning, like one of the first things we say on episode one is we, is we're like, yeah, we're going to be talking all things Borderlands, not the pre-sequel, yeah. it's dumb, or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is kind of kind of just a meme you know for us to to shit all over it yeah I, there, and there are things i mean of the franchise it is my least favorite yes like i will say that and there's and there are reasons why but it's almost funny like drew said it's funnier to lean into it that way but the thing about it is the pre-sequel is really good for one playthrough uh it really fills out a lot of story and a lot of background that we didn't have there in the first place but especially when it came out there was just not a lot of end game content at all to support it, and uh, because it wasn't made by Gearbox, I think it lost a little bit in there. Um, the main couple of things were that it felt the the the, the gameplay felt really slow. Yeah. First of all, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you're supposed to be going through space and it's floaty and everything like that, but it doesn't feel floaty; it just feels slow. And the environments mostly look the same, and you're either you either either on some sort of down ship or factory or something like that, or you were in, or you were out in the vacuum of space. Yeah. On a big white rock floating around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that, that was the main thing. However, we don't, we certainly don't disparage anybody who's into the pre-sequel. If it be, it's just out of, if it was a standalone game, like if the Borderlands, universe had not existed as a whole and they just came out with you know with borderlands the pre-sequel as Mm -hmm. its own game without the context of how great the other games are yes it still would have been it would have been pretty good yeah you know it would have been pretty good so we're not gonna we're not gonna disparage anybody who's into it it's just our it's our least favorite of the games and so we kind of like to steer into that and and just talk mad shit about it so because it's funny yeah <laughs> so so but thanks for the question uh and if you enjoy it keep enjoying it we we definitely will do some content on it at some point mm. yeah you, you do have to understand as well that because it is our personal least favorite of the series that means that we're also 
less apt to know about it, and we're not as in depth on that as we are the other three games in the franchise. So and who and who knows? Like once we decide to do a pre sequel episode, we may like we're gonna have to revisit it for a while mm-hmm. before we do so, and we might really might find some stuff that we actually really really enjoy about it. You know yeah. that we didn't think about before or whatever yeah absolutely so either way like drew said thanks for the thanks for the question there george i appreciate it so uh moving on we got a question here from travis also on twitter he said uh question for the show should like to hear your thoughts on launchers i've tried a few and pretty much gave up on them they just uh seem to not pack the punch they should i'm assuming that he means in borderlands 3 is my understanding of it so um i guess first of all do you use really use launchers in borderlands 3 at all nope no. Do you? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> like wait, wait, wait. I was. If you let me guess, if when you use them, you use it as a, you know, as a get up out of fight for your life kind of thing. Yeah. Either that, or I specifically use it on a splash damage mode yeah. build. But yeah. even even that, I find that there are other things that are a little bit more effective. Yeah. Um, Torque shotguns. Yeah. Etc. Yeah. Things like that. I. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of with. Like I'm kind of with Travis on this is that they don't, yeah they don't really seem to to do. I, I I don't want to put it in this context, but it almost seems like the way that launchers are now is almost the way that assault rifles were in Borderlands Two. Ooh yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> in in that it's like look yeah do they do the thing sure but pretty much whatever thing you're looking for to do there's going to be something else that's going to be a little bit better. You know, you can either just throw a grenade, or you can get, like Drew said, uh, a Torg, um, you know, a Torg shotgun, things like that. Or so, now a Torg assault rifle, or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, I feel like that's the situation. Is that they're they're not they're not as they're not as useful as they were in previous games. Uh, I I will. I will even say that I didn't use them much in... I used them a lot more in Borderlands 2 than anything else. I didn't even really use them in the first one. No, because they were they were pretty soft in, in Borderlands 1. Mm-hmm. Borderlands 2, they finally kind of started coming around a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even then, you had to look for a specific one. You had to really know what you were looking for. Yeah, because if you got like the wrong exhaust on it, it could just ruin a perfectly great right, like, right. rocket launcher. Exactly. So, it's... So, specifically on Borderlands 3, they're a little bit soft now. Softer than they were before. Um, And there's still a use for them. Um, But it's... When you think of, like, a rocket launcher, it should not take what it takes to to kill the mobs that you're focused on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and maybe that's the thing, is maybe we're just looking at it in the wrong light, but that's my thought. When I think of a rocket launcher... I want something that does. I want something that is either kills a lot of really basic enemies in a mob and and does a lot of damage to a boss or a mini boss or something like that. And we're just not really getting that as much. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah, they don't seem to pack nearly the punch that is. So if there's someone out there that can find us the right combination of parts and everything like that on on rocket launchers or what you look for, that'd be great. You know, hit us up on Twitter or the Gmail, of course, and let us know. Let us know if you found something. You're like, hey. You know, I'm with you on rocket launchers, but this one though, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let us know. So, either way, thanks for the question, Travis. Appreciate it. Uh, again, if you want to go ahead and give us a question, get to us at a vault hunters guide at gmail.com or send it to us on Twitter at vault hunters pod on Twitter. Yeah. So, 
Uh, now we are going to get into the meat of our episode here. We're going to talk about co-op and Borderlands. Uh, over the franchise is what we're looking at, right? Yeah, just an overall view of, of co-op and how it works in Borderlands and how integral it's been and, and, and uh, etc. Yeah. So I want to go ahead and uh, speak from a more personal place right away and say that part of the reason why this franchise is so important to me is that uh, three of the most important people in my lives uh, have, I've, I've built, not, not built it off of Borderlands, that would be silly, but it's, it's definitely helped the relationship that I've had, and that would be with uh, Drew and I, first of all. Uh, also, uh, I know that I've said this before, but my wife and I are really big into playing Borderlands together and have been since the first one. And even before that, um, if you guys really want to thank someone for uh, even this podcast being around right now, is uh, thank uh, my best friend, uh, uh, my best friend Tim. Because Tim actually was the one, he and I were living together at the time, and I mean, we were like legit fresh out of high school, you know. I was like renting a room from a guy for like 175 bucks a month, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Doing it by working at a pizza place. And uh, he, you know, I had a PS3 and he rented this and I was, he rented the original Borderlands. And I was like, what's this game? He's like, yeah, it's Borderlands. I saw it in, I think, uh, like Game Informer magazine. You know? <laughs> and he's like, I, I thought I'd try it out. And he, by the time he started, he, he had like a level five Roland or something like that. And then I jumped in, I got leveled up really quick. We, we rented that game from Family Video enough times that by the time we like by the time we bought a copy of the game, we could have bought it like twice over. <laughs> like we rented it so much. So and uh, and yeah, and you know, loved it and everything like that. So, you know, I'm extremely thankful that he actually ended up renting that and started this whole started me down this whole path. That was that was also like the first midnight launch for a game I think I ever went to. I drove there like 20 miles away at the town that had it in a 93 Chevy Blazer. <laughs> and fun fact, hit a coyote on the way back from that. <laughs> Thought it was a, just a giant raccoon at first. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I was like, oh, no, I got to go check on whatever it is. I Like I said, I either thought it was just like a massive raccoon <laughs> Or a really small baby deer, <laughs> some so I like walk back and I see this coyote laying in the road. I was like, "No, nah, I ain't touching that." <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so but yeah, um, but that's my personal place. So you guys know where I'm coming from. But anyway, uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk about it as uh, the importance to the franchise itself. So, so yeah. Um, why do you think it's important to the franchise? Why do you think they still incorporate it to this day, even though? You know, this was, you know, like a decade ago is when they started this whole thing. Um, I just feel like as far as as far as actual gameplay goes, it matters because of the various uh, builds and everything that you can do. And you can kind of cover a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have somebody running, you know, mob control sort of setup, and somebody who does more of more damage to bosses and mini bosses and such. Mm-hmm. Um so it kind of they kind of fill those those traditional roles that you see in uh, in shooters in in team shooters. Oh, like team or hero shooters. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Or even in RPGs, I guess too, in a weird sense. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Um, and 
it's it's the cooperative nature of like finding just finding gear that you're gonna that you can't use but your buddy can use it you know and that's that's a huge thing um i mean all the time that you and beth and i've spent playing borderlands together and before borderlands 3 came out we were it was all um what do they call it now it's not instant loop but the other one yeah it's co cooperative yeah or whatever yeah, yeah i guess they that yeah, is, they, they do call it that they call it cooperative looting but it's that with that setup like we that's all the setup was in borderlands 3 and, and borderlands 2 so like if if jeff's doing a because this seems accurate if jeff's running a uh a grenade accident bill. Hey. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and I'm and I'm doing a uh, like a, a zero build, you know, an assassin stealth zero build. If Jeff finds a sniper rifle, it doesn't do him a whole lot of good. But he, but if it's sweet enough, it's something that I can use, and he can. Hey, you know, I got this thing I picked up for it. And yeah. That that to me was always super cool. It's like when we're playing together, and. And it's like, hey, I found this thing I thought you might like, you know. Mm -hmm. And frankly, a lot of the time, it's like, well, I've actually already got this thing. But, you know. Yeah. But it it was just the working together of it that's really cool. And it still happens now, even though we run instance loot on Borderlands 3. Oh, absolutely. Because if I come across something that I think you can use, you know, then I'll pick it up and and we'll all kind of meet up and... um, and share the loot and see what happens, but because mm-hmm. now you've got three times the loot that you were getting, but well, three times the the different loot that you were having that you had before. So right, exactly, yeah, and that's the nice thing is that, and we're gonna get a little bit more into this, but it's so nice and it's so refreshing, and I think that's why this is a that why Borderlands is a big deal to people is that it's so nice to have something where it is it is entirely cooperative. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no and there's no there's no real competition to it other than oh, you know, I we're playing where everyone gets the same loot and I stole this shotgun from you, but either one of us could use it. Ha ha ha, whatever. <laughs> right. And and I'm sure that even that doesn't happen too often, but cuz there's so many games out now that are either a solo experience where you're against a lot of other people or even a cooperative experience where it's you and three or four other people against several other people. And it's just so nice to have a true cooperative experience that way. And you can still goof around, obviously, you know, and duel each other or whatever. And Drew and I do that all the time. Like, we'll hit a button and we'll be waiting for the dialogue and just go to each other's characters. Just bop, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's really, uh, it's really satisfying to have that. So um, our, our next point is kind of the fact that, and, and I think this is weird for a lot of people, but again, when I started doing this whole thing, when I started playing Borderlands, uh, like I said, with my, with my, with my best friend, Tim, it was, um, it was couch co-op. So we were, so you can imagine those days where we, it was the, the, and granted we were playing on, we were playing it on a big screen TV. So we were doing that, but it was like one of the old projector style big screen TVs. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so but we were so we were running two characters off of one PS3 and doing like the vertical split, <laughs> yeah, which was really interesting. The vertical split was the only option you had on Borderlands Three, right? Or, or Borderlands, Borderlands 1. One, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, Borderlands 1 on PS3. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it works. You know, it still ended up doing pretty well. The only thing was that I had no idea, because I started out playing as uh, Lilith, and I had no idea how Tim was doing that, because he's sitting there, he's playing, he's like playing like a, a sniper Mordecai with like half a screen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, just rough times, you know. But he made it work and everything, and 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 it worked out really, really good. So, if you were gonna go back now, right? Mm-hmm. If you're gonna go back now and play Borderlands One on PS3 again, mm-hmm. and you had to do the vertical split screen, mm-hmm. what are the best characters to run in that to make use of that split of that style split screen? Uh, I would say it would be uh, Gunnar Roland. Okay. And uh, explosive brick. Yeah. Because at that point it's just like just shoot everything. Like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Like accuracy doesn't matter. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be either like like um, Bloodwing Mordecai or like Punch Brick. There you go. Especially because Bloodwing Mordecai, you just be like, I'll throw this out there. I don't see anyone, but if they're out there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bird's gonna get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Um, Go along with that. It's you know, it's, I still feel that it's couch co-op is still important in 2019. It's still the best way that you can go ahead, and um, like I said, that's how I started with Tim. That's how I started with Beth, and um, I know that you and I actually started with online, but it was only because I like goaded you into it. I was like, dude, you gotta get this game. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's I think that the major thing is that if you are bringing somebody, so the the question that we had on in our show notes here is. Why couch co-op is still important in 2019? And I was going to ask, is it? Like, is it still important? And you think that it is? Oh, it's it's hugely still important. I agree. I agree with that. And not not for not so much for enfranchised players because it doesn't matter so much for you and I right. because we are pretty much on the same page. But it, to me, it's hugely important for bringing new people into mm-hmm. Borderlands. Like, if you can, it's it's better to get in the same room as somebody else and be able to see what they're seeing mm-hmm. and be able to work stuff out yeah. together. So, like, I have I have two kids, and um, I've mainly been waiting on performance issues to be straightened out on Borderlands 3 before doing couch co-op with them, but I, I fully intend to because I've done it with them on original Borderlands and on Borderlands 2 and a little bit on pre-sequel even too right? yeah and a little bit on pre-sequel and Aubrey uh, she loves it but I'm like okay <laughs> fair question though who's she playing as I don't even remember I haven't touched the pre-sequel in so long <laughs> uh, anyways um, so it's to me that's the way the best way to get somebody else into it is in is on the couch so you can both so you can see what the other person's seeing and they can see what you're doing and it just tends to work better yeah absolutely and and that's the way it worked and and that's what helps uh beth and i out a lot is when we first started playing it uh when i was first introducing her to it and she she had never played anything like that she had played rpgs a little bit but she had never played uh anything that was really loot based like that so she started playing it and she was you know, and, and she was like, I'm not sure. You know, she played, I think Oblivion was like probably the closest thing that she had played. And that was only really because of how, you know, the skill trees and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And that's, okay. that's, and yeah. that's really it. You yeah. Know? But so it was, um, I don't know. She and might, that's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Even even that's a stretch. Yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, you know, so I was able to kind of walk her through a couple of things and I was like, oh yeah, this is how this works. And that's how this works. And then she got super into it. She was hooked as soon as she, as soon as, soon as she had uh, Maya or no Lilith, you know, part, part of the way leveled up and she was like lighting dudes on fire and, you know, shooting electricity and because I mean, the electricity still looks cool in Borderlands yeah. 1 and, yeah, and the sound that goes with it, just that huge you know, lightning bolt sound and everything, or that huge thunder. Yeah, and all the crackling and everything. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah, so I, I still think it's important. Again, not important for, like Drew said, and he's right on the money, not important for fran- uh, enfranchised players, but to help introduce people to even this style of game, it's great. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, absolutely. So, But with that being said, the next question is, uh, how, how can couch co-op be improved in Borderlands? The big thing is, I mean, right now where we stand, they just need to go ahead and uh, improve the, the quality of life issues. They need to get the frame rates figured out, and they need to have the menu load speed be quicker and everything like that. So um, there's just lots of, yeah, there's just lots they can do right now. Um, I also, I don't know, it's it's hard because a lot of things that would improve it also make it less couch co-op-y, I guess. Hmm. You know, meaning that it would be it would be nice if there was I don't know. One thing I've been waiting on, you know, for forever in in games is if you're going to do some kind of couch co-op. I'm waiting for that one that one way that someone gets it figured out. It's like yeah, and if you can if you run like a splitter or something out from the output, then you can actually have co-op, but you can have it on two separate screens, even though it's running off the same system. It's weird stuff like that. That's what I was thinking. I mean, that would be sick. Um, and in order to do that, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to that if you could do something like, um, like having, um, like in order to do that, the P, the PC or the PS3 or whatever would or PS4 uh, would yeah. need to do a little bit of graphical changes like mm-hmm. your your render distance would have to be shortened and maybe the the uh, resolution would have to be dropped a little bit and maybe even drop your frames to you know a fixed 30 or something like that yeah but if you could do that that would be sick yeah yeah that's kind of thing because then you'd be like almost like like old school land parties like you would yeah, do for, yep. for Halo <laughs> and stuff because like even though even though when we are all playing OG Halo back in the day and it it was co-op. It was better when you got multiple TVs involved and you're all sitting right next to each other. And yeah, it just you got, yeah, you got like sixteen people all playing Halo. Yeah, and like four TVs. Oh, so <laughs> sick. That was the best. Mm. That was the best. It was it was really really great. Yeah. And some of my and I still pine for those days of like oh yeah. I've I've gone through a couple of phases recently where I'm like, I just want to like call up my buddies and like. Have a Halo land party, right? And not even, not even like, oh, you want to hop online? It's like, no, yeah, I no. want a land party. <laughs> yeah, you don't exactly, under, you don't understand. <laughs> you need to be here now, yeah. so we can all play together. <laughs> Bring the ruffles, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the main thing. You know, I mean, could it be improved? Yeah, but it's mainly hardware limitations that are holding it back right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. So. Um, so now we're going to get into some really interesting things here. So, uh, that's debatable. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, co-op versus MMO. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I think if they wanted to, they really could turn the Borderlands franchise into an MMO. I don't think it really needs it, though. And, hmm. I, and I like the fact... I almost like the fact that it's not, because that means the things that they're focusing on have been that much better. Okay, yeah. Um, I guess I guess to start off with is what... What are some of the defining characteristics of, of an MMO? Uh, I feel like some of the defining ones are that it's... Usually I think I'm, I think of like multiple... I mean, obviously, because it's, you know, massive multi, you know, multiplayer online, you know, that's the whole thing. But I think of seeing multiple people in like hub worlds and stuff like... Like, it would be a weird experience if you were to go on to Sanctuary 3 and there was, you know, 50 other people on it, too. Yes. They're all Vault Hunters. Yeah. Um, I think that there are things that it would really help out with. I think that'd be, I think that would be fun to have raid bosses that are, like, focused around, like, 16 or, or 24 people or whatever. I think that'd be cool. I know, right? But at the same time, I just, I, I think it's almost more satisfying just having you and a small core group of people doing it. And... And so that's the big thing is that co-op also brings up the connotation or not not co-op. MMO also brings up the connotation that it's more about the social interaction part of it as well, I feel like. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we don't need social interaction more. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I don't really care about talking to, talking to other people. I'm... To this, I don't know if this surprises any of you or not, but I'm not much of a people person. I'm not big on meeting new people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I much prefer the setup that the Borderlands has because it's I can either run it single player or I can hop online with you know my core group. You know you mm-hmm. and you and Beth and sometimes um, Tim, sometimes Tim. Yeah, and. Um, for for those of you that are wondering, by the way, no, it's not it's nothing weird. Tim's doing great. He's he's a DJ now. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, and 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 I've I've honestly never hopped online with randoms. Yeah. And played? Have you? Uh, no, never have. Um, and you've been playing Borderlands longer than I have. Yeah, I think I, I think I might have done it once uh, with Borderlands One way back in the day, and that was it. And I mean, I'm like, like still like back in the day, you know, I was trying to like level up or something like that. And, and again, it's not that we, it's not that we actively dislike people or we don't want to share our journey with, with people, but I like the, (laughs) (laughs) for me, it kind of is, it's, it's exactly both those reasons. All right. So I like the fact that, um, I like the fact that Borderlands works out so well is that it's a solo experience that you have the option to have with close friends. That's Mm. my thing. So like. I can go in and um, and and trust me. I've I've played lots of different MMOs, and it's always just like the same thing. And I just you know, I don't know it gets weird to me. But like, like you can't go and do a raid in Destiny on your own, and that one's probably like the least MMO out of like the MMO light or MMO type games out there right now. And you still aren't allowed to do that. You know, you can't go and do a raid by yourself in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XIV. You know, you can't go and, like, at at the very least, you have to do a light party, which is four people. I yeah. Think. So, and a lot of times you do have to do that with randoms. Yeah. So, things like that, just because you're, because I'm not sure if you knew, but, like, the way that you have to do just a light party 
in Final Fantasy XIV is you have to have a tank. Uh, yeah, you have to have. I, I, um, if someone calls me out on this, I might be wrong, but from my memories, a tank, a healer, and two DPS. That's what you have to have. That's dumb as shit. I know, right? So yeah, I. So there are aspects of it. I think that I like the fact that Borderlands can be a totally solo experience. And for most people, it is, I would say. Yeah, for a lot of people, it is. I mean, you look at a lot of the top streamers. You know, you look at Killer Six and Jolts and uh, Damn It to Hell and all those guys. Yep, MAK, all those guys. Yeah, too. yeah, they're all solo players that might happen to be like, hey, guess what, guys? I've got my build and I've got all my stuff. And so it's like, let's just have some fun. Let's do some viewer raids. And they just bring people in for like a round of raids, you know, against the different bosses. And then it's like, all right, cool. You guys hop out. We'll bring other people in. But they're like, top tier of what they do right you know right and it's and what's and so and for them that's a way to engage with their community and, and we're hoping that in the future we can potentially do stuff like that too so but that's kind of my thing is that it's i like the idea that it is a solo experience that can be shared with very close friends whether they be borderlands friends or not yeah yeah i'd agree with that it's it's really um yeah i guess that's the is that's the most important part about about Borderlands compared to an MMO is that it doesn't have to be co-op. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, but it functions fantastically when it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's like the Reese's of <laughs> of games. It's like, all right, you can have your chocolate, and chocolate's great, but if you got your chocolate with your peanut butter, that's yeah. just even better. That's, that's awesome. Yep. The, the problem comes is when you're trying to add your chocolate to your peanut butter to your, you know... To like your broccoli and your everything else, it's like whoa, slow it, nah. This is too much now. <laughs> yeah, dial it back. <laughs> yep, yep. So along the same vein, um, co-op versus MMO, I kind of wanted to also talk about the recent um, trend of co-op versus like PvP or PVE, and how we are so. I think that I can speak for both of us here, and how we are so thankful that there's no Battle Royale version of Borderlands 3. Yes. <laughs> it's, or, or any of the Borderlands games. It's, I'm not knocking any, any of those games, you know, Fortnite, PUBG, Apex, mm-hmm. any of them. Uh, they're hugely popular for a reason, because yeah. people love them. Yep. And this may be like the old man in me, but I just feel like it doesn't work for Borderlands. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, and and I would agree with you on that. I again, I think it's similar to the MMO thing we talked about. Is they they could make it work if they wanted to. I'm sure. Sure. But that's not where that's not where the the heart of the of the audience is, and that's not where the the core of the mechanics serve the player base really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's funny because they always, they always do put some sort of PVP into Borderlands, but it's like, it's like, it's just like one dude like took a day and he's like, yeah, yeah, all right, here you go. Like, <laughs> you know, and that's fine, you know, and I get that people want to do that and whatever. And like I said, you and I might just do it for goofy reasons, but it's never like, it's never like, dude, I'm ranked number one in Borderlands PVP. Like, it's not a thing, you know? Yeah. So. No, because it would... First of all, it would 
sorry, my chair was a little squeaky. No, you're uh, good. <laughs> it was uh, it would it would take it to a place to where we don't want it to be, which mm. is when you have a loot based setup like that with skill trees and everything. Mm-hmm somebody's going to find a way to break it and then that thing is going to dominate the meta. Yep. Just like in just like in I mean I know we reference it a lot but if if anybody out there plays magic like there in sometimes in standard or whatever there's just a deck that cannot be beat at the moment and so half of the people that are playing are running that specific deck. Yep. And so if you did the same kind of thing with Borderlands, mm-hmm. let's let's say for example that it's you know critical flak build right yeah, and then everybody is running critical flak yeah, and like there may be some small variation here or there, but it would just suck, like they would suck for it to be like that yeah, because the great part about Borderlands, besides you know the zaniness and just the the, the over the top. Yeah, the over-the-top aspect of it is the fact that you can build... There are so many different ways to play each character. Yeah. And that's what makes it cool. And so by having a competitive version of it, you Mm -hmm. take that away. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And that's and that's exactly the thing. And, And like Drew says, he references magic a lot, and I do a little bit too. And I know that I actually reference Destiny a lot. But that's that's the whole thing about Destiny is like... I personally think Destiny would be a much better game if they did not have to worry about balancing the weapons to also have to serve the PvP aspect of it. You know, because they're always... It's like, you might have... You might be someone that never plays PvP, ever. Like, you... Because you can go through all of Destiny and never play PvP once. You can Like me. Yeah. I don't do it. Yeah. But, so, if you're sitting there... Where is, what, what is the place called, even? I don't even know. The Crucible. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> So, but if you're going through that and if, and, and if all of a sudden, like you're, you find out that like your favorite shotgun that you've been running for like the last two months has been nerfed and you're like, what, oh. why? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, cause it was way too good in PVP. You're like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like. Yeah, there's a PvP element too, and it's fun to goof around with and whatever, but it's never anything serious. <laughs> it's it's mainly Jeff and I use it for like, dude, this thing's stupid. Check this out. It's like, oh yeah, show me. And it's like, all right, duel, duel, and it's like, bah! you know, <laughs> <laughs> done. I think I did that with Beth when we were doing our first playthrough, and she found that flacker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. She's like, yo, check this out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So yeah. Uh, so that's our whole thing about you know PvP with that. Um, go, keep keeping the uh, the acronyms going here. We've done MMO, we've done PvP, and now we're moving on to PC. Yeah. <laughs> should should Borderlands have couch co op version on PC? I don't think it's necessary, but I would still like to see it in there personally. Yeah, agreed. This is a terrible podcast. We just agree on everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's no contention. Fine. Okay. Let's let's do it. Let's take. I'll take the opposite side and be like, no, it's not necessary at all. It shouldn't be there. Okay. And I will wing it. All right. I think it's. So you go first, so I can think of my arguments. <laughs> I think it's necessary because, again, as we've stated, especially for people that may not have as that may not be as as. Uh, 
privileged with their their lot in life and the money they have and everything. If someone even gets a computer that they're planning on using for, for college or something, and they can run it at the lowest specs possible to play Borderlands. And if they want to share that with a friend of theirs, and then I, I then I feel it's important. I feel it's important to for for games like this to be shared because of the co-op nature of them that we've been talking about this whole episode. I feel that it's important that anytime someone wants to be able to play with a friend of theirs, they have that option regardless of the regardless of the uh, platform that they're on. So. In your specific example, like if somebody's got to run it at the lowest settings, well, then how are they going to run it at the lowest settings twice? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm mean, maybe not like the lowest settings, but uh, as as an example, if they're if they're running it at so if they're running it at medium settings, at medium quality, yeah, you know, which which I would say that most generic off the shelf computers could probably do nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most mid-range computers can do. Then, then they would still have a way to play it with some friends on lower than that settings. Okay, so you, you and I are, you and I are odd ducks in the sense that you and I both use game controllers on PC, even when we have mouse and keyboard available. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you're gonna run two keyboard, two full keyboards, and two mice on there, mices on there <laughs> like how are you gonna have that much space and are you gonna do it like on the same monitor like a monitor is not nearly the size of a tv okay. most, most of the time sure i mean you can get you can get you know you can get usb uh you can get usb keyboards and oh now i gotta buy special hardware that's to, no no no, to have. no 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 you don't have to buy special hardware you just gotta use the, the hardware that you have or go or find like the dude that's just like hey I'm a collector of computer crap but I've got too much computer crap so <laughs> if you pay five bucks for this keyboard then I'll let you have that or whatever and the same thing I mean you're going to be able to find someone in there I mean you know I mean you know how that college stuff works it's like hey I'm bringing the TV great I'm bringing the mini fridge so you're just going to like hook that up to a TV using an HDMI that most computers have in them anyway yeah I guess I mean, to, to quote, you know, to quote you, like when you're at work, it's, it's not ideal. <laughs> like that's the idea is that we're not looking, we're not looking for this whole thing. It's like, yeah, it's important to have it on PC because we run, want to run it at max specs and blah blah blah, whatever. You know, it's like no, this is for those people that want to have a close knit experience together and and want to make it work. All all I'm saying is that if I was able to run, like if if my original generation PS3 could run, could run Borderlands One, and on on a split screen. Then there's no way that a computer, a semi-recent computer, one that's probably been out for the last three to five years, wouldn't be shouldn't at least be able to do the same thing. And if it can, we ought to be able to have the option. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I was just being facetious and just playing along, taking the opposite no, side. No, I got you, but, <laughs> but I totally agree because I mean. So you and I have been together for, you know, a few days now. Yeah. What with Thanksgiving and everything going on. Yeah, we're visiting our family for Thanksgiving, by the way. So neither of us is in our home state right now. Yeah. Um, but, but we're not going to tell you what state we're in. It's not denial. Um, <laughs> oh! Uh, anyways, like if we were, like this whole time, we've been doing all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. But if we had two controllers and the computer had the had the ability to play... Borderlands. Oh, we would have done. We would have been in able. We would have been able to play Borderlands together in person for the first time ever. Yeah, 
Because we've literally never done that. Yeah. So, and that would have been great. Would have been all about that. So. So yeah, that's that's. So what we'll so in short, yes, co-op is. I mean, it's not necessary, but man, it would be great. Be like, I could imagine myself doing that at some point, having oh, yeah. a sick enough computer to where I'm running, you know, multiple huge displays, and and you mm-hmm. know, it'd be great. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, you know, I guess one thing we didn't even touch on, I know we're kind of wrapping up that part of it, but, I mean, what about the people that have, um, God, whatever it is, the Xbox share thing or whatever it is where you can play it on the Xbox and on your computer and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's that that thing, too. It's like, yeah, well, I've, I've got it on, you know, got it on Xbox, which means I also got it on PC, so I'll go ahead and run it from PC and do multiplayer that way. Yeah. And couch co-op that way because it'll look a lot better coming from my super high-end PC because I'm one of those people. Right, right. So why not? Anyway, the last and probably biggest thing that we have, and I'll, I'll actually let you go ahead and take this. Yeah, so lastly, we kind of touched on it earlier, but we want to talk for a second about how how Borderlands has brought Jeff and I closer together as brothers. Yeah. Which... And we're not just talking about proximity like we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that some people are like, all right, that bullshit. Like, I, I genuinely believe... Like, we haven't talked about this ahead of time but i genuinely feel like it's brought us closer together um because when when you let's see i started playing borderlands after you had already moved away like i was on one side of the country and you were you know essentially on the other side yeah and um and i i want to say i bought a i bought a used ps3 and it came with, um, it didn't come with Borderlands, but the, but one of the games that the guy threw in was, there's three games together on a single disc, and it was like Borderlands 2, and, um... Oh, was that the one where it was like Borderlands 2 and Bioshock and something else, I think? No, no, it was something else weird. It was like, it was like Borderlands 2 and like, the mob game, the mob game... Yeah, it's like it's like mob. Oh, oh, mafia. Yeah, mafia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like Borderlands Two, Mafia Two, mm-hmm. and um, Spec Ops: The Line. All right. <laughs> Solid game, actually. You should play Spec Ops. <laughs> play Spec Ops: The Line. This is where Drew goes off, and he's like, "I'm going solo for the Spec Ops <laughs> podcast." No, no, no. So, anyways, so but it had Borderlands Two on it, and and I had heard Jeff talk about. Borderlands before, and I'm like, yeah, all right, maybe. Like, a lot. <laughs> yeah, and, but I didn't really get it. And then he was like, no, don't even bother, don't even bother installing the Borderlands 2 part of that game. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to buy you a copy of the Handsome Collection. Not, no, not the Handsome Collection, because it wasn't available on PS3. It oh, was, right. Yeah, so, so, to give everyone a heads up, so... Oh, right. Yeah, so, so Drew had actually purchased... A used PS3 after like the PS4 was out and everything. Yeah. So I had already been playing the Handsome Collection. I already had like all my characters maxed out, all that kind of good stuff. And it was to the point to where like I love this game so much that I was. He was like, "Yeah, all right, well, let's do this." And I was like, "All right, so here's what we're gonna do." So I bought a I bought a Game of the Year edition of Borderlands Two 
and a regular edition for myself because I had originally purchased the game and then bought all the DLC as it came out. Right, right. And so I said, so it was. So you already had all the DLC on your PS3. Yeah, I just needed. I just needed the actual, you know, like game, like the disc again to play it. Right. So I sent it to him, and we did it that way, and then we did the same thing for Borderlands Two, because I had, um, you know, because I had sold my my Borderlands stuff because I was either playing it on PC or on the Handsome Collection, everything like that. And and it really didn't take long from that first time that we started playing Borderlands One. It was like, it was <laughs> it was like somebody hit him in the head with a frying pan. He's like, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. And then I just went through and played it solo so much because mm-hmm. we really didn't. I didn't. I never had a good enough internet connection for us to be able to play it together. But we were still like talking about builds and what we were doing and what kind of guns I was using and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was like playing catch up because you had done all that stuff with me like a couple of years before mm-hmm. and I didn't really get it, you know? Yeah. At that point you were like, I remember, I do remember specifically though, when um, shortly after uh, the Tiny Tina DLC had come out for Borderlands 2 mm-hmm. and you were telling me about the, uh, Oh, what is the name of that gun? It like splits in. It shoots out swords. Oh, the swords. yeah, the sword explosion. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> it was you were telling me about the sword explosion. I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, like, and and then like a couple of years later, here I am going through Borderlands one and Borderlands two, and you know, and and we, so Jeff and I talk, probably every day. Yeah, via either via either you know on the phone or through discord or you know via mm-hmm. text or like we're always in communication in some form or fashion yeah every single day yeah like drew, drew yeah drew knows at this point what 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 time do i get done with work and what time do i call you yeah yeah i know exactly i mean like i'm not gonna announce it because yeah, you know that'd be weird but yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah. you know yeah i always know that i can expect like you call so often that even my wife knows like we'll be sitting talking in the mm-hmm. living room and you know Phone rings and she's like, "Oh, that's Jeff." You know? <laughs> so it, work, it works both ways, you know, because like, you know, and and my wife has no problem like you know like putting me on blast that way. Like if like if I you know if I forget my phone and it's like on the couch or whatever, and like she'll just you know she'll answer it and she'll be like, "Yeah, Drew, Jeff's taking a dump like right now or whatever." <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, and so like we we get it, you know. It's like just it's just how we are, but. But in short, and it's and it's not always about, it's not always about Borderlands. Yeah, it's it could be it could be anything. It could be music. It could be, it yeah. could be magic. There's work. a lot of there's a, mad, a lot of magic talk. Yeah, a lot right? of ma- a lot of magic talk. Uh, you know, it could be about work or whatever too. Or you know, sometimes we'll be helping each other with a project because we both do like woodworking and stuff like that too. Things like that. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it could just literally be about anything, but. It's nice to have it's nice to have Borderlands because it's something that now that we've got now that we've got voice chat and everything like that and we we almost get that sense that even though first of all this is like the first time that we've seen each other what two years two years yeah yeah two like almost two years to the day because last time was was Thanksgiving also yeah yeah so it's nice for us to be able to chat and 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 share an aspect of that that and it makes us feel. We we know that we're not in the same room, but it almost feels like we are, and that's and for right now that's good enough. Yeah. So, um, so really appreciate it, and and yeah, it's it's just it you know it does it does bring us closer together, and and I'm really thankful for uh, for a game to be able to do that, and a, and you know and and that's my belief is that anytime someone says that video games are silly or they're a waste of time or whatever, I think I think it's that same kind of thing where. 
they they just haven't found their right game yet. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, even my wife, who is a staunch you know anti video game person, has has found her video game. You know, she has been all up on that Stardew Valley, <laughs> like all about it. It's so good though. Yeah. So like any like any time I'm not online playing with Drew, I'll see that his. Because she just uses your profile, right? Yeah. Yeah, she just uses this profile that's always like, oh, yeah, you know, he's playing Stardew Valley. And I'm like, I wonder if that's actually him playing Stardew Valley or if it's his wife. Because it It's a 50 50 chance at this point. It could very easily be either yeah. one. It could, either be, could it even be your kids at this point. Could too, even right? be the kids, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. But yeah. So, I'm thankful that it has brought us closer together. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, going along with that, uh, it's uh, it's time to wrap up the episode. So I think there's something that usually happens at the end of the episode. <laughs> it's going, going, going. <laughs> with shields. Uh, <laughs> going. We have this labeled today as going, going, go shield. Because <laughs> we suck. Yeah. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. In the spirit of Thanksgiving and togetherness. uh, And cooperation. Yeah, we're going to kind of abandon our theme of... um, Not abandon. We're going to take a break from our theme of doing uh, Borderlands 3 Legendaries uh, that we've been doing since the game came out. We're going to go back to Borderlands 2. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about the Hoplite. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, going along with it, the Hoplite is a serif turtle shield in Borderlands 2 manufactured by Pangolin. Uh, Real talk, pangolins are a thing. For those of you that don't know, that's a real animal. If you haven't checked them out, you definitely should because they're dope. (laughs) Word. Uh, Hoplite can be obtained as a drop from Pete the Invincible in Ultimate Vault Hunter mode or from the serif vendor in the Badass Creator of Badassitude in True Vault Hunter and Normal modes. Badass Creator of (laughs) Badassitude! That's not what the area is called. (laughs) Anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, the red text says that alone, a mere soldier, together, an unstoppable phalanx, uh, very high shield capacity, further increased shield capacity, and decreased movement speed for every hoplite user in the party. Yeah, so the hoplite is similar in fashion to a, to a tortoise shield, but increases the attributes, uh, with the more people in your party that are using a hoplite. Mm-hmm. So the like if you have two people you're you know that are both using hoplites, you're gonna have more shield capacity, lower movement speed. And then it just increases exponentially the more people in your party that have it. Yeah. Have you ever seen footage of people of, of like four people running hoplites at the same time? I've not seen uh, that, but I have seen it with the the, the Fable Tortoise because the Fable Tortoise is way more yes like that. Agreed. But, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. I forget which which people were doing it, but there was a challenge one time where it was four, and this was like way back in the day. This was probably like five or six years ago. Yeah, um, yeah, way back in the day, five six years. I ago. know, right? Comparatively, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was not long after Borderlands Two came out, and what uh, and it was four people running four Fable Tortoises. And they were trying to do the uh, like the the Lord of the Rings thing with that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and so they were having to walk that entire thing. And and thing is, you can't have someone die, uh, otherwise it resets the whole thing. So it was just 
Oh, right, right, because that's the it's the Lord of the Rings thing is, uh, for people who don't know, it's a it's a trophy or a challenge or something like that. Yeah, so, and, so you have to go from Clapstrap's house. Yes. Uh, in And you have to go all the way from, from there and take a gear out of the fire and get it all the way to the um, the Iridium Blight. Yes. And, and you have to walk that entire distance, so you can't fast travel or use cars. And if you die, you have to start over again. Right. Like anyone in the party dies, you have to start all over again. And these guys were doing it with four fable tortoises. Yeah, that's right. And it took, that's right. I want to say, like, with deaths and everything included, it took them, like, four hours or something <laughs> like that. Like, just something ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it's a fun shield to mess around with. One of the really fun things uh, going off some of the notes here in the wiki is that um, so the hot leg gets a 20% per person boost to the shield. Yes. But it counts itself too. Yeah. Which is super fun. So automatically you might look at it and you might think, oh, there's other shields that have a higher capacity, but you have to also understand that it's not readily giving you that 20% boost. It's not actually right. on, on the item card there. Yeah. So it's a really fun thing that you can do with like that. So chances are, you know, 99% of the time, that's going to be the, the biggest capacity shield that you find in the game. Yeah. Because I mean, 20%. Per thing plus itself, you know. I mean, that's it's like a hundred percent bonus, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's already a tortoise shield, which has stupid high capacity. Yeah. So. Yep. So, um, it does make you it does make you slower and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it doesn't make you as slow as the fable tortoise does. But I don't know, like I like the like I like the idea of it. Like I like the idea that it's something, and and again that really feeds into the whole theme of this episode is that the whole idea is like. Hey, you know, the more people that you have, the better it is, and yeah. that's and that really sums up the whole experience with this. So, uh, again, it's really good for uh, being used on because you do get the slowness effect. It is really good for having on a team of characters that might be faster anyway. So, yeah. so if you have like uh, a team of like Axtons and Mayas or whatever that yeah. get those speed boosts, things like that, then then you're almost gonna have no issues. But sure, yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that they bring... I'm not sure if there's something like that in Borderlands 3 yet. Hopefully. We'll see. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll have to see what the situation is. But, uh, yeah. So it should be really interesting. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. This was cool. Yeah, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. So. It's been a long It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. These episodes are going to be... The episodes where you and I are here together in person is going to be rare. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe, who knows, maybe... Maybe this will take off and, you know, we'll be like the next big thing. We can move into a house together or something like that. Yeah. Give us money so we can move in together. Yeah. That's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, I think that's going to wrap up episode number 16. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll catch you again in two weeks. Uh, good luck and good drops. Bye. Bye.